What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times in your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples and the occasional f-bomb because let's be honest marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple doable and fun Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, episode number 149. I know I say this every time I have a guest on the podcast, and I genuinely am excited to have all of these guests on the podcast, but today is a very, very special one that I am very excited to share with you. Today, the guest is none other than my very best friend, Kate Ford. Kate and I have been best friends for over 13 years now, and we there's just really not a milestone in life that I can think of without thinking about Kate and how we celebrated or commemorated that moment in some way. At this point in our lives, it is a quick FaceTime, a shot of tequila, and a congratulations, I love you, and then we're on to tend to family things or pet things or house things or job things. Um, And so at this point in life, I really just want, and the whole reason we're having this conversation is because tomorrow, if you're listening to this in real time, June 8th is National Best Friend Day here in the US. And so we're having a conversation today all about the importance of nurturing female friendships. And if you've been listening to the podcast lately, you know that this topic has come up a couple times. And when it comes up, we talk about how friendships at certain points of in life get pushed to the bottom of the to-do list. And what Kate talk and I talk about is while we understand why those friendships get pushed to the bottom of the to-do list, the flip side of that is sometimes getting together with your girlfriends, a girlfriend, a best friend can be the most fulfilling activity you can do for yourself. It can be the most rewarding thing. It can be the ultimate self-care because best friends, no one sees you, hears you, feels for you, relates to you in a way that a best friend does. And so I'm just so, so honored and grateful that I have had the privilege of having such great friends in general throughout my life, Um, but specifically my very best friend, Kate Ford. And I was the maid of honor at her wedding. Um, We first met 13 years ago when we were studying abroad in Dublin, Ireland. Since then, we have only lived in the same state once and that was for four years during our uh, mid to late 20s. And we had a blast living in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And we also, um, you know, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. We've If you've had best friends for a long time, you know that you have ups and downs. And one thing we talk about on the podcast too is how friendship has seasons. And so good friends, like any anything else in life will be able to weather those seasons with you and they understand when it's just not a season for as much closeness or as much chatting. Um, And then there will be times when that season changes and you might talk more than you have in a long time. Um, There are times when, you know, the season is 
your friends, your, I mean, your family and getting to become friends. So our families are now friends. Rebel is friends with Kate's daughter, Reagan. They had their first sleepover ever together, which was a really, really special moment for Kate and I, because if you would have gone back 13 years ago and told us <laughs> those drunk girls in Dublin that one day in the future, they'd be recording a podcast about how their friendship is has stood the test of time and their daughters are now becoming friends. Um, I, a part of me thinks we wouldn't have believed it, but then another part of me would have thinks we would have been like, Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Of course it did. So without further ado, I introduce to you my best friend, Kate Ford, Catherine, if you're listening, I love you. Thank you for being such a great friend over the past 13 years. I cannot wait to get old and be those hilarious old best friends people make memes about now. <laughs> um, one of Kate Ford's crowning life achievements is convincing Miranda Rodriguez to be her friend for the last 13 years through multiple countries, cross half country moves and misadventures. When she's not leaving Miranda voice messages to maintain their friendship and mutual sanity, Kate enjoys life in Yorktown, Virginia as a wife to Ryan and mom to a growing monster, 18 month old Tucker man and Reagan, a sweet, sassy, medically complex four year old. Additionally, Kate has eight years of teaching experience under her belt but is greatly looking forward to transitioning back to full-time momming starting this summer. Just put your headphones in for this episode, maybe grab a drink, and just enjoy a conversation about friendship between two very best friends. And if anyone has tips for a hobby that isn't golf, send them our way. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Welcome to the podcast, Kate. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, this is your first time, isn't it? It is my first time. And uh, my sister needed me to point out, like, for the record, that she got to be on your podcast before I did. And it's got me a little salty. <laughs> but I'm happy now. I'm happy now. Um, yeah, Mary was on for the... Um, sorry, let me turn my headphones down a little bit. Okay, Mary was on for the uh, COVID one, right? Yeah, and the pandemic, because she's Nurse Mary. Yeah, so that was two years ago. Okay, well, you know, here we are. You're finally... You've made it. So, so excited. For everyone listening, Kate, I almost said Kate O'Connor, which no. Used to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even want to say your last name. So Kate is here today and she is my best friend, as she pointed out in her intake form for 13 years, 13 yeah. years. That's crazy. Over a decade. And um, Kate lives in, well, do you want to introduce yourself? I'll let you do sure. that. Sure. Um, I am Kate Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And I am Miranda's best friend and I live in Yorktown, Virginia. Um, I actually met Miranda when we were both randomly paired to live together in an apartment on campus in Dublin when we studied abroad in the spring semester of our junior year of college. And that was like the best. That was in Uh, 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Divine intervention put us together. Beautiful thing. So I was the maid of honor in Kate's wedding to her husband, Ryan. And in that speech, I told a story about how the first time we met in um, Ireland, like I was so we had traveled so long and then our bus would not drop us off at our dorm. So we had to like walk from wherever the bus stop was all the way to the dorm with all of our shit, which we didn't even need. Like I had like two full suitcases and then um I got into the dorm and of course, like I was hungry and tired. And then I found out for some reason, like 
a payment hadn't gone through. So there was like a chance they like called me into the office right away. And I had to call my mom in the U S at like four in the morning. Like you have to pay them <laughs> to be able to stay. And then, um, you offered me some Cheerios <laughs> or something, some cereal for dinner. Like that's, a, that was how we, our friendship started. You were like, you called me into the kitchen. You're like, right, do you just, do you want some cereal? <laughs> would like the record to show that um just feeding people when there's a problem is still one of my love languages. <laughs> hey buddy, any snack? <laughs> yeah, it's the best. It's the best. And then I mean really the rest is history because we had another roommate but we didn't I mean she was cool but she had different friends so we just kind of all did our own thing and you and I traveled all over the place. Yeah, we did. It was it was a really incredible experience. And then so Okay. So we did that for like six months and then you went back home to Virginia and went on to graduate, but we still visited each other in college. Like I remember we made a pact before we left Ireland. Our pact was that we would see each other at least every six months. And then we cried a lot on the day that we did a lot of crying. We cried so much. Um, (laughs) so I mean, did you come to visit me first? Um, I might have. All, all I remember is um, I, I was a proud member of the Illini Mug Club. Oh, my gosh. And that was at Second Story. Yeah, it was. It, what was the name of the bar? I, I couldn't tell you, but I, I had a wonderful time. My brief, my brief and only stint. Um, and I, I got my Illini Mug Club card. We Wow. Um, all I know is there was a pizza place at the top of that bar called Second Story Pizza. And so many nights people would be drunk and like drop their pizza on the way down the stairs. So many nights. Tragic. It was tragic. Yeah, it was really tragic. And I remember from that. Well, maybe it was that visit. I think so. Because you had never been to Illinois before and you flew into Chicago and then you took a van from the airport straight to U of I and you kept waking up in the middle of the cornfields. Like, I was like, so where are we? What? Same. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's where the university of Illinois is it's three hours down South from Chicago. And it's just basically cornfields. Once you get to the suburbs. Yeah. That's what it was. And then I visited you at DC. I remember, I think we had a new year's party. Did we do that? We did. Yeah, we did that. Oh my gosh. So many stories. So Kate and I, I mean, over over 13 years, um, have maintained our friendship in multiple states, you know, multiple different relationships, different careers, different stages of life. And so what we wanted to talk about today, and by the time the people listen to this, I think it'll be June 7th when this comes out and best friend day, you said is June 8th. National Best Friends Day is June 8th, everybody. Mark your calendar. <laughs> Call your best friends. Call so your bestie. We wanted to do this podcast to talk about something that comes up a lot because we're in our mid-30s. Um, Kate has two kids. She's working right now full-time. She's married to an entrepreneur. And you all know, like, I'm engaged to Marshall. One day we'll get married. I'm not sure. We can talk about that later. <laughs> And we have Rebel and the dog and we have the houses. And so something that comes up a lot at this age is how do you maintain your friendships? And I mean, it helps that Kate and I now are kind of on a similar parallel life path in terms of like, yeah, yeah, right in this phase. But what we wanted to talk about was like how friendships change and how do you nurture those friendships 
when you feel like, and I've had um, guests on the podcast who've actually said this, like friendships are your last priority or, I mean, that would not even be a priority, but you know, like they're the, the bottom of the list in terms of things you want to take care of. But I think that one of the things that we want to talk about is how important we both feel Mm -hmm. that this relationship in particular, right? Friendships in general, but this relationship in particular is just so critically important. Cause I think we've both at different phases when life has pulled us in other directions, we've felt very acutely like, Oh, I, I just need some Miranda. Yes. That's what's missing right now. I need Miranda. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and we've gone through phases where we talk a lot, like right now we're in a phase where we're talking very regularly, like sometimes twice a day we're exchanging voice notes. And then sometimes we don't talk. I mean, there have been months where we haven't talked, you know, just because life has pulled us in different directions. And so I think one thing that comes up is that we do prioritize it. Like we prioritize our friendship just like any other relationship, like they tell you with marriage, you have to prioritize your marriage too, like in your house or your relationship with your significant other. But so, I mean, and then I think the other thing is that like our significant others know how important our best friend time is like, and they know that we're better for it on the other end of that hour, two hours, or, you know, if we're having a face-to-face or a a visit too. Right. Right. And Ryan, you know, he had the benefit. So one of the layers of our friendship is that you moved to mm-hmm. Virginia beach when I was living there um, to come and be my roommate for a little yeah, bit. So after college, Kate moved from DC to Virginia beach, Virginia. And then you were there for like a year or so first. Right. And then, yeah, about a year. And then I went to visit for a 4th of July weekend. And if you guys know anything about Virginia beach, Virginia, there's yeah. a lot of hot military <laughs> men and I went to the beach beach and I was single in my twenties and I was like, yeah, this place looks cool. (laughs) Yeah. And it is Virginia beach. Shout out. Love it. Great place. Love it. Um, but yeah, so I, I had moved there and I think you were at a a transition point and it, I was like, Hey, this place is pretty cool. You'll want to come out. And then you did. And so when you moved, I had just started dating Ryan. And I think one of the reasons why our friendship Ryan knows is a priority is because he got to witness it firsthand for a couple of years while you were living in Virginia beach. And, you know, you guys are, you have your own relationship, right? You guys are also close in your own right. But, um, I think, I think that he just, he just knows that it's really important. Yeah. He just knows. And I think that that is something that changes when you get into your thirties is that you go from having a group of friends that you like, you kind of operate as a group. Like you all go out on the weekends. You all, I mean, we used to get together and watch, I don't know what show we would watch once a week. Was it the bachelor or something? Um, uh, I don't know. Probably something Jenna made us watch. Yeah, Jenna made us do it. <laughs> but you know, and we would all get together and we would hang out like that was our family during that time. And I think for a lot of people in their twenties, especially after college, that like your friends are, I mean, of course we're both still very close with our families, but like that was oh, yeah. our, our unit for those years. And then when you grow up a little bit and you start having a family of your own, those dynamics change. And that, I think one thing we've done really well is like, we've been patient with each other through those phases, you know, because we have gone through different phases at different times. And so you got, I mean, how long have you been married now? 
Five years? It's going to be five years next month. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is crazy. That's wild. And so being patient with each other, but then also remaining connected through those times where some people, I think it's just natural that some friends, you just kind of grow out of those relationships or those dynamics change and you just don't talk to them as much. Well, and I feel like in my, in my personal capacity, right? Like what is it that I am realistically able to do in a single day? Mm -hmm. Um, Right now I'm teaching, right? So I've got my job. I have my husband. I have my two children. Uh, I have a family that's big and most of them live, you know, half a mile or so down the road. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're geographically and emotionally quite close. So if you take the job, the husband, the two kids and the family that is, is big and close, it's like, there's not, there's not much space left for like, I I can't handle, but so many people at any given time. And you, you're my person. You're like the, you're the one who, um, I choose over and over again to prioritize. And it's not that I love any of my other friends any less. I just feel like, um, I, I can't, I just don't have the space for it. Does that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. And I think, and it just, I mean, it kind of gets boiled down to, I also think there's like, it comes down to who's willing to communicate in the ways that work for you right now. And so some people need, there are friends at different stages of life where it's like you and I, we like voice notes and we like communicating in that way and exchanging notes in that way. And so then there are some other friends who I've had friends who like call and leave me voicemails. And I'm like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to return this phone call. No. And it's not because you don't like them or love them. It's just, it's, it's inconvenient. And so I think, I think it is worth noting, you know, you're in Aurora and I am in Yorktown and I, I feel like we're in a phase where we're still like, we're in a very good friendship phase. Yes. Like when we talk, almost every day. Mm-hmm. And we do it because I think in large part, the way that we communicate and that's that we leave one another voice notes. And it's great because it means that when I have the time and the ability to give you my word vomit update on what the heck right. is going on in my life, uh, I can just like spit it out. And then you can listen to it when it's convenient to you and respond maybe even at a, a different time. and. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's this, the secret to our relationship right now. <laughs> I really think that is because we can both respond. I mean, and we're, we're staying up to date with each other's lives, but we can both respond when it's like, when it works for us. And a lot of times that's on commutes. It's just, it, 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 I think it comes down to like a bandwidth thing. Like you said, like, it's just not always, we just can't keep up with everyone anymore. And sometimes, so one thing that comes up for people is like the guilt factor, right? Like when you can't keep up with people or I, a lot of times I will read the message and then I'll forget to respond or I'll like listen to the voicemail and think like, okay, when I, when I go pick up rebel, I'll, I'll call that person back. And then inevitably, like I forget, or some, I have to call someone else during that time. Like we have so much stuff going on with the contractors here. We were talking about bandwidth and friendships and you'll like sometimes get a voicemail or a text message and you don't respond because you forget because like when you see it it's in an inconvenient time and I I think about this a lot so I'm 
I'm a history teacher, right? So oftentimes I'm thinking about the past and context. And I think that we're living in a time that is, it's more easier than ever to communicate with people, but that also it, it adds another level of pressure to communicate with people. Like when you can be in constant contact, it makes you feel like you should be in constant contact. Right. And that's just not realistic. I mean, you think not even 50 years ago, you could maybe do a long distance call if your bestie lived far, far away, but that would have been expensive. And are you going to make that choice? Maybe, maybe you make that choice, maybe. but then like, what's your, what's your alternative? Like you would, you would write letters. And when would you write a letter to your best friend after the kids were asleep, when it was convenient to you once a week, right? Right. And if you were going to call them, maybe it was like once a month and it was like a whole thing, right? Like you would talk, grab the bottle of wine, post up, like, honey, you got the kids. (laughs) Right. And the kids knew. And now I do think that that changes people's expectations because I find that people expect you to be able to communicate as quickly as they want you to, like almost immediately. And that is not realistic for, especially if you have kids, but nor should we be putting our pressure, the pressure on ourselves to be attached to our phones like that. And I know for Ryan, my husband, who is the CEO of his business, he is constantly on his phone for business. And I know you as an entrepreneur also have to be in regular communication with a lot of people to keep the gears moving. So if that's the reality of your job, where you are like constantly wedded to your phone or your device, the last thing you want to do in your personal time, like when you are trying to step away from work is still be attached, responding to messages on Facebook or text messages from people or Instagram or whatever. It's, it, it just, it's too much. Do you think that it's helpful in friendships when you set expectations? I mean, I think you and I have known each other for so long now that it's like, if you go radio silent for a few days, I'm not going to think anything of it. I may reach out and make sure everything's okay. Like, Hey, we usually talk on these days. Are you doing okay? But other than that, I just, I'm like, okay, yeah, life, you know, life gets in the way. But I think I have a friend that I saw, we see each other maybe every couple of months we go out to lunch and it usually lasts like three or four hours. I have to clear the calendar for the rest of the day, you know, and, but we don't talk outside of that other than scheduling, making our lunch plans. And then we, right. when we get together, like we're going to catch up on everything that happened in those two months. And that's going to be enough to fill our friendship cup until the next time we meet again. And one thing she brought up during this week's lunch was the idea that she's a bad friend because she's not chiming into the group chats or she's not keeping up with all of the the text messages in between meeting. And she works full time and she's in a relationship and um, she has a dog and hobbies and a life, you know, outside of her phone. And I just like, no, we just, we know that about you. We know that you're not going to be the one who's most active in the group chats and, and that's okay. And I think that this idea that because we're not communicating immediately with people that makes us a bad friend is just, it's not true. And it's also, it's not helpful. Like in, in the realm of friendships to be beating yourself up for not communicating more, but then not communicating more. What's the point? But I do think that's an important distinction between friendships in your teens and twenties and then friendships in your thirties. Right. Because if 
this was when we were 25 and you were down the road from me and you weren't responding to my text messages. I'd be like, Oh, is she, is she mad at me right now? (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, but I think, I think with um, a little age and perspective and some really big life changes, right? Like getting deeper into your business and our, our relationships and our families. I mean, it's just, it's not feasible. It's just not feasible. And it doesn't mean that you love your friends any less, but there are just other people pulling your attention in other places and no one should have to feel badly for prioritizing things that, that do really truly matter. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta nurture your marriage and you've got to take care of your kids, especially when they're small because they need you for so very many things. Right. And that's just, that's the reality of it. I do think that that's something people, or maybe we're just not aware of it when we're younger, that they're just like everything else in life. There are phases to friendships and like, you're going to go through a phase in your twenties and not everyone has like these big groups of friends, but where your friends kind of become your, like the priority in your life and communicating with them and hanging out with them and keeping up with them. And then when you get into a phase where you, if you're growing your family or you're pursuing your career or your relationship, whatever that looks like for you, the friendships kind of take a back seat. but then there will come a time when your kids are out of the house and maybe your relationship at that point is no, you know, maybe that's ended too, where, or you're redefining your relationship too, like learning to date your significant other again, and then having to learn, like our moms are in a phase where once the caregiving of the parents is over, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, how do we maintain friends there, you know, or how do we make friends at that stage? Yeah, I know um, something that's been really cool to watch for my mom is she has a friend from high school who I may have met when I was really small, but not enough times to actually remember it. Mm -hmm. And in the last like five or six years, they have rekindled their friendship. And um, pre-COVID, she and her husband would come up like every other month and spend the night at my parents' house for the weekend. Granted, they were coming up in part because her father was not doing well and he was in like a facility that was up here. But um, that was really neat to see my mom who, you know, I, I sometimes use her as as an example. I love my mom. Let's throw that out there, right? My mom is an incredible, smart, awesome woman. But in retrospect, as an adult, now looking back, I... I feel kind of sad for the ways in which she did not nurture her own female friendships. And she did this because she gave of herself so that my sisters and I could, you know, play all the softball and do all the things. Um, But it was, it was really clear that between giving all of her personal time to my sisters and our endeavors and her career that really left no space on her plate for these friendships. And so it's been really neat to see her, rekindling some of her friendships now that, you know, her kids are older and and she's retired and she can do that. And I'm sure that that will happen to us to an extent, you know, as we, as we get older and um, we might be able to reconnect with other people, but it's also one of those almost cautionary tales because I want to make sure that, that I, I show my kids that it's important to have your own life and your own friendships. In maintaining those throughout. And I think, and that's like at 
whatever it looks like during that time, which is where our voice notes thing. I mean, our kids will always know and they do know because we've hung out as families now that we are friends and now they're friends, you know, Rebel and Reagan are friends. And she asked about Tucker too. And so I think just giving that example because it, and it just wasn't as easy, right. For our parents to stay in contact. Cause like, you know, when they were, when we were younger, they had phones, but who had time to be like tied to the telephone in the kitchen. Um, Right. And maybe they did occasionally. And I remember going to some of my mom's friends parties, but then really like she was a single mom with two little kids and she worked full time. So there was really not a lot of time for friends. And especially when you have families as big as ours, like I know um, that's also something my stepmom, like my youngest sister just moved out of the house. And so they're empty nesters now for the first oh, time. Boy. Hot, hot yeah. news. I didn't know that one yet. <laughs> oh, really? We Did don't- I? I don't know. Maybe M- Melissa was in Chicago for school. I think she moved. A few- oh yeah. I did. I think you did tell me that. Yeah. yeah. So she's out of the house, but then, and you know, my stepmom has a lot of family here. Um, she has a, a very large family, but she was kind of trying to figure out like what her community and what, who her friends were like outside of her family. Like, is it people at church or is it the people that she volunteers with or, mm-hmm. you know, some of, one of her neighbors she's pretty close with. And then the other one she moved. And so there is this, like, I think there just like there is when you get out of college and just like there is when you become a mom. And we were talking about this earlier, there's an identity shift. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that identity comes from like, who are you hanging out with at this point? You know, and we're in a phase where we're hanging out with our family a lot (laughs) and then maintain our, our sanity or like, you know, texting each other or calling each other and, and, or seeing friends every once in a while. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, my family, you know, you, you know, everybody, um, but like on any given uh, Friday or Saturday, odds are really good that I'm probably hanging out with my sister or my cousin or cousins. And sometimes I sit around and I'm like, man, like, where did I mess up? Because do I have friends? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always around the same people who I happen to be related to. Um, and, and I love, I love them. I'm very fortunate to, to have that. I mean, it, it is really very cool, but I've also, for my own sanity, got to have somebody who is not my husband, who is great and not these people who I'm blood tied to. Like you got to have somebody who is, who is fair and neutral ground, right? Like yeah. I can tell you when, Brian's plucking my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> because he's in the kitchen, right? <laughs> uh, or if like something is going on with the family, like you got to have an outlet for, for that stuff. Yeah. I think that is, that's something that I thought about um, earlier this week when we were talking about the podcast is like how important it is to have that person that, you know, that's not family. That's mm-hmm. not your significant other that you know you can like call in times of distress. Like we both have had messages to each other and during emergency situations in our, our lives. And Mm -hmm. it was just more than anything. It's like a support network, right? It's like, here's this person who I know is not going to be able to come help me right now, but she can like mentally and emotionally support me. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that having that is like, is so special that we have that. (laughs) My turn for the dogs to go crazy. I'm sure that I'm sure Amazon's here. (laughs) 
but you know, I think it's so special and that's where, because I, I think that a lot of people, like, honestly, I think a lot of people yearn for a friendship, like what we have, where it's like very casual. It's very laid back. We maybe see each other at this point, like once or twice, twice a year. We haven't seen each other in a long time, twice a year. So. Yeah. We haven't done that in a long time, but we're going to blame that one on COVID. Yeah. We'll blame that. We're going to hop back to it. We're going to get back in there. Yeah. So now, I mean, it's been about six months ago now that we've seen each other. It's actually, yeah, it's been six, almost a little over six months because you guys were here in November. Yeah. So I think, but I think, and the key to our friendship is like keeping it casual, but then there's also like, um, a deep level of trust. And I wrote some things down because I thought that this was important. Maybe people would be curious. Like, how do you foster a friendship? Like, how do you actually like nurture a friendship? And I think number one is like, we reserve judgment, right? Like we, we're going to call each other out on some shit, which is also very important. Correct. Like the honesty piece there where we can be fully honest. But when I, I know when you're going to call me out on something that it's coming from a place of love and I'm actually going to listen to you. And I do think that your delivery has always been better than mine. <laughs> well, you're okay. You know, we, we have like paired up with the male versions of one another. Right. So you and Ryan have a lot of things in common. Right. You're both very direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, because you're very nice. <laughs> I think Marshall and I probably tend to be a smidge more diplomatic. Yes, I think so. And I also think you and Marshall know how to pick your battles better, where you are willing to let things go mm-hmm. more than I think Ryan and I probably just run a little bit hotter. Ryan would um, say that that's something that you and I have in common. <laughs> he thinks that I like to pick <laughs> pick dumb shit, but, oh. you know. Gosh, well, perspective. <laughs> a perspective. You know, one day we'll have them both on, and then we can talk about that. But Ooh, that'll yeah. be the after hours episode. <laughs> yeah, there will be some tequila for that one too. But I think so. There's like the reserving judgment, the honesty, right? Where we feel like we can be wholly and completely honest. And you and I have talked about before where there's no one else that we go to to talk about all the things. Where mm-hmm. it's like to, to talk about relationship, to talk about um, maybe like our own body stuff to talk about like goals and business and kids. And, you know, we just, we cover everything because there are, I have found that then there are friends that intersect at certain points, like Mm -hmm. those certain points. Right. Um, but it's rare. I think when you have like a, a best friend and that person like knows everything. Yeah. It's pretty cool. (laughs) I'll get you on people. (laughs) (laughs) And, but how do they do that? I mean, how do I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, I think it was, it was real, real crazy that we just so happened to be paired as roommates in Dublin. It was really cool. Do you think best friends are like soulmates? Yeah. That they're like, it's like destined to be. I mean, but I mean, I believe that about a lot of things, right? Like when people come into your, into your life that it oftentimes will happen for a reason. Cause you know, um, you said just a minute ago about people who intersect in specific ways in your life. And we've talked about this a couple of times. Um, but I so love my relationship with my hairdresser. (laughs) She's, She's so very important to me. And I know that probably sounds like a little trivial and maybe legally blonde ish, like at the jump, but she, she has been doing my hair since I was 15. And it just so happens that she and I both have kids with, 
um, serious medical complexities. And it's really awesome that I get to see her every six to eight weeks <laughs> and she and I can just swap notes about like, all right, here's what's going on with her son and here's what's going on with my daughter. And it's nice to have a person who gets it on that level. And I can always talk with you about what's going on with Reagan. And of course, like you care and you want to know, and you're extremely supportive, but I'm sure for you, you know, in the same way that, you know, you can talk with me about your business. It's nice when you can find um, that the branding lady that you were telling me about, right? Like when you can, when you can find a person that you can just like talk shop with is also if that's a different, it's a different thing. It is. It's a different thing. And something when you were talking, I was thinking about how I think maybe one of the keys to like a good friendship, I think it starts with yourself, like a level of self-awareness and acceptance where, because if you're like judging yourself the whole time, or you're afraid to be yourself in relationships, then that's going to cause a problem where mm-hmm. people are not going to be able to get to know you past the surface or past you're going to start to build up resentment thinking like, because you're not being yourself or getting frustrated with this person for whatever. And so I think a lot, because with Lindsay, like you and Lindsay are so open and honest and you have known each other for so long that yeah. again, there's just like a level of trust. Neither one of you is judgmental of the other one. I mean, you just like go there. You both look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And you're able to open up about these things that not many people, especially in your cases, there's not many people around you right now that you can relate to on those items. Yeah. And I mean, it, it is, it is really, really nice. And and I think your, your point about being self-aware and comfortable with, with who you are is really important because you and I have talked about this a lot of times in terms of like, how do you maintain a happy marriage and relationship? But like, if you're not happy, no one's going to be happy. And, you know, you and I both prioritize like what makes us happy working out a lot of the times. Right. And so then you want to talk about a whole nother trying to balance. We've talked about balancing your work and your family and your marriage and your friendships. We haven't even talked about throwing in there, carving out time for yourself Mm -hmm. and how important that is, Right. you know, because if I, if I'm not feeling my best. And part of that for me is working out at least semi-regularly, then I, I have a hard time showing up for other people. That's right. And I think that friendship gets left out of the self-care category. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of times people define self-care as like solo activities, mm-hmm. you know, things you do. And, and a lot of times it can be like in working out for us is one of those things. And we like to do that alone for that reason. But friendships also like going to lunch with your girlfriend is a self-care activity. And one thing I've found that has helped me because it, it stresses me out if I go to lunch with someone and like, I feel like the whole, I'm going to be there all day. So then I will like set the expectation up front. You know, I have to leave by this time or Mm -hmm. depending on who it is, I'll just book it later in the day. And then I can hang out for a while, you know, I just tell them like, yeah, that's fine. I can only hang out for a couple hours and then I have to go. Um, And sometimes I'll make plans afterwards. So I have an actual (laughs) out. Just in case. Yeah, it just depends. And so I think you can put the boundaries around it too, or you can hang out and everyone was burnt out with zoom during the pandemic, but like 
sometimes it is nice. You and I have hung out plenty of times on FaceTime or Zoom. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not very often, but we've done it. Yeah, and I, I think it. So you're sitting here talking about this, and I'm, this is just like another one of the examples of how you and I are so very different in a lot of regards because you were talking about like boundaries and when I need to, when it's time for me to go, I need to go. And I, I really admire and respect that because my, my problem is that I need to not be afraid to put myself out there more and prioritize doing things for myself because my kids are very small. So Reagan is four and Tucker is 18 months and I, nursed them both to the 18 month mark. I told Miranda that like last night was the last night that I nursed Tucker, man. Like that's a big milestone. But when your kids are small and if they're like attached to the boob, you kind of feel like you got to make yourself available Mm -hmm. at all times. So for the last almost five years now of like being pregnant and, and breastfeeding kids, I have felt like I can't I can't be gone for more than two or three hours because I need to like hurry up and get back to the kids. And so one of the things that I need to work on myself is being like, Hey Kate, it's okay for you to take a little bit of time to like go and be Kate, you know, don't be, don't be wife. Don't be mommy. Like go be Kate and hang out with some ladies because I always like when I do finally make that time for myself, I feel so much better. I really do. I do feel like it is a good, like hanging out with your friends is it connects you to a different part of yourself that for a lot of us, especially the moms, like you end up turning off or like if you're at, you work in an environment where, you know, not everyone can be themselves at work. I think like I have a unique situation and the entrepreneurs listening will know like that too, but you, you just need to go to a place where you don't have, it's not work and it's not parenting and it's not, you know, like your kids activities. It doesn't like revolve. It's your own life. Like we are still individuals that are allowed to have our own lives. And I think so much of it because of the time constraints and then because of the guilt, like a lot of what you were coming up for you is guilt in -hmm. like leaving your kids for that amount of time. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with where, but the kids are going to be fine and they're actually going to be better for it. Seeing mom take that time for herself. Right. And and mom's going to come back and she's going to be happy because this, like this part of her cup has been filled. Right. Not just the wine glass, you know, it's just <laughs> a cup. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not something I think, um, I don't know who talks about it, but like you can't count on your significant other either to fill all of those cups all of the time. Oh. Like we both enjoy hanging out with, you know, I enjoy hanging out with Marshall and you enjoy hanging out with Ryan and you guys are better than us at your weekly date nights, you know, but still that's like after the kids go to bed and if the kids wake up, then you still, you know, they're still there. <laughs> like you still have to be a parent, you know? And so I think to be able to get out of your house and do mm-hmm. something with people that you're not related to is really important. And if you're in a phase where you're trying to figure out like what friendship looks like, just go do some things. It's kind of like dating or you just have to yeah. like, try yeah. different stuff. Which then gets to be a little bit stressful, right? Because dating is stressful. Correct. So then if you want to think about, you got to go out and hunt for some lady friends. I mean, that can be a little intimidating. <laughs> Well, then it's like, um, so the conversation we're having in my business group this week is like people saying, you know, where, because part of the homework, was, it's all about connection, 
And mm-hmm. so that can tie back to all of this stuff. It's, it's fostering connection. You don't know if you're going to be best friends with someone right away. Maybe you will. We did, but <laughs> maybe we're not a good example for that. But, you know, you do have to go out. And so the woman was saying she was just so tired of like traditional networking events. And my suggestion and some of the others were like, go do things you love. Like if you mm-hmm. love volunteering and you have time to do that, go volunteer. If you, you know, like find an activity that you enjoy. If you like going to yoga, then go to yoga. Or if it's just, I mean, honestly, this is going to sound so lame, but we are friends with the dog park people, (laughs) Arnie and Alex. Common interest. Common interest. (laughs) Arnie and Alex are, are, um, like six year old dude friends at the dog park and their dogs are Bo and Reggie and Ruby and Odin gets along with all of them. And they're there at the same time every morning. And, you know, we go to that park probably a few times a week. And so now they're always like, we we know each other now and we will. Have probably... you guys taking your friendship beyond the dog park yet? No, <laughs> I don't think we will, <laughs> but it is nice to go and like there's just this little sense of community now where it's yeah. you know, when new people come, it's like, oh, who's that dog? And I will ask, like, do you know that person? Do you know their dog? Like, you know, and so it just becomes this little community where they're checking up on us, like, how are the home projects? How's this going? You know, and we do the same with them. And and so just going where my sister, she hates the dog park for that reason, because those people always want to talk to her. <laughs> I'm here to be your friend. Right. And you can decide that too. You can be that's allowed. It's totally allowed. There are people at the dog park that just like some of them take work calls. Some of them walk the perimeter and don't interact with the other dog Mm -hmm. parents, you know, so you, you also get to decide. Like, I think this idea of, of there's also the idea of putting the pressure on ourselves to maintain these relationships, which is just completely Mm -hmm. unnecessary. Like you you get to decide if you're good with one friend or you want more friends or you're in a spot right now with your family life or whatever else is going on that that's just not a priority at all. Well, that's a really good point. Um, because sometimes I think about, there are some people in our neighborhood that I really like, uh, the neighborhood. So I, I live in the neighborhood that I grew up in, right? Ryan and I bought a house in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And it's at this, it's at this turning point where, um, more houses are coming for sale. And so younger families are moving in that are closer in our age and it's awesome. Uh, but I now feel like I've got all these people that I need to become really good friends with because they're, they're just down the road. But I think what you're saying there, cause I asked you like, Oh, you guys can be friends outside the dog park. No, that's your dog park friends. Yeah. Right. So like, it's okay for me. I'm, I'm learning right now that, Oh, these can be, my neighbor friends that I see at the neighborhood functions, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to like, mm. you know, get together on a random Tuesday as well. If we do cool, but I don't need to feel that pressure to make these people into um, better or like more yeah, uh, constant friends. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to keep people in their little buckets, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's how I feel about work friends, you know? Yeah. Like- Like there are friends at work. And I think sometimes we would put pressure on ourselves to take those friendships outside of work. And sometimes it naturally happens. And a good work happy hour never hurt nobody. No, no. I think that's fine. But outside of that, like, you know, do you want to take it one step further? Some people will, but not everyone. Mm -hmm. That would be 
ridiculous to think that everyone is going to be best friends, you know, and just because two people have decided to pair up or they hang out more often doesn't mean I see this sometimes in this will come up in like networking and local groups where a kind of click will form. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's just natural. Like those people just have a natural attraction to one another. And for whatever reason, they have become closer friends. And sometimes maybe it's a little more strategic than that. You know, maybe there's some mean girl shit going on. I don't know. But I think in general, we tend to interpret that as like us immediately feeling left out rather than like making an, taking action to participate in that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Like sometimes, sometimes relationships will uh, organically develop into something different and that's, that's okay. Yeah. And I think, I think that's really what it comes down to is like people put a lot of pressure on themselves to maintain friendships. And the key that I found to all of my friendships that have lasted as long as they have is zero pressure ever. Right. (laughs) No pressure and zero expectations. Like Mm -hmm. that, you know, there were some expectations around some big life milestones like weddings and bridal showers. And we've also had some deaths around here, you know, so there are sure expectations there, but even for the friends that didn't show up at some, like the funeral, there was no, it was like, yeah, that I had one friend who wasn't sure if she was going to go to Bobby's funeral Mm -hmm. because her mom had passed away from cancer and she wasn't comfortable reliving that scenario. And I was like, girl, no pressure. Right. To do what's right for you. Like we know that you loved her and you were great friends with her. And we also know you love and support us. And if it's too hard for you to go, then don't go. And so I think that idea that someone would be upset with someone for that type of thing, it's selfish. Well, but again, that's that, that your, your friend in that instance, that was the, the story that she was telling herself about her not going, like how that would be perceived by other people. And you know what? I don't know if guys feel the same kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, no, right? They definitely do not hold themselves to the same ridiculous friendship standards. The same ridiculous hypothetical standard about like, what 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 are we doing, ladies? What are we doing? That's right. Like me, I think that's right. I think we, then that's how all my friendships operate is like very much they are, I mean, there's rarely, I mean, fighting or anything. Like we've had disagreements and people oh, yeah. have differing opinions for mm-hmm. sure. And I think that if you're in any type of healthy relationship, you'll be able to express yourself, you know, and, and trust that it'll be received, you know, without retaliation or anything. But this, yeah, this pressure for like what this perfect friendship, it's like we, um, I had a couple of people on the podcast and we were talking about body image where so many women hold themselves to what they look like a decade ago, Uh you know, when it's like, okay, we've had babies. Then there was a pandemic, life changes, all types of things. Why are we holding on to that ideal from a decade ago when that is not our reality? And it's kind of the same with friendships. Like, why are we, why do people put that pressure on themselves to maintain friendships? Like they did before they had all of these other responsibilities. And I think that's interesting because what, what can sometimes be hard, right. And, and I think that Jenna and I have actually gotten to a pretty good place um, 
our friend that also lived in Virginia beach with Miranda and I actually, she was the person that I moved to Virginia beach to begin with. Right. Um, she and I have reached a point where it's like, we know that every month or so we're going to go to a, uh, winery that is exactly halfway between us. And that's a good rhythm. And I think for a little bit, there were kind of some growing pains and this actually happened in our relationship too. Like as, my and Ryan's relationship got more serious and I was wanting to spend time with him sometimes with you and Jenna, but like sometimes not with you and Jenna. And it was, you know, there's some like some real growing things that happen there when, when that is occurring. But I think that it is, it's important for any friendship of any kind of longevity that you figure out how you're going to grow with one another. And sometimes it's, it's almost, easier at this point to, uh, make new friends that you can like put in those separate boxes and be like, okay, like, you know, this is, this is fine. I I can see how, and I don't feel this way about you and I obviously, or like me and Jenna, but I could see how for, for some people, if you're trying to maintain a relationship that started like in your early twenties and you're trying to maintain it, that it was that, that level of like constant contact when you're in your early twenties, it's just not sustainable Mm -hmm. anymore. Right. And, and that I, can be hard. I think it can be hard too, if you're trying to stay friends with someone who hasn't changed much, you know, like mm-hmm. if you are changing and growing and your life has changed and you feel like, I mean, and sometimes you can maintain those or sometimes you have to put boundaries up around that for yourself too. And for the relationship, but yeah, it's just, I think it's just a, an, an interesting thing as you come to age talking about friendship. And I feel like, I don't know, do women talk about it? Friendship? Enough. Yeah. Like at all. Enough? Probably not. I mean, we're talking about it now, which is cool. Yeah. But well, and I know that guys aren't talking about it either. I mean, I can promise you guys are not sitting around and pondering like, what is friendship? (laughs) No, they just like Marshall and I, sometimes I'll ask him like, Hey, have you talked to your friends? Some of Marshall's friends live in the neighborhood and I haven't seen you know, I saw him once on a walk in the past year, like we were both walking the dogs and I ran into him. And so sometimes I'll ask like, Hey, how are your friends? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. And then sometimes Ryan will like go golf and he's with these people for like four hours. And I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, you were with so-and-so for this long. How's his wife? How are the kids? He's like, I don't know. I was like, you guys were together for four hours. What do you mean? You don't know. No, we didn't, it didn't come up. How does it not come up? You guys were together for four hours. I think they will like, <laughs> what are they doing? Compartmentalizing? They're like, no, why would we talk about that? Last night it came up when we were, we went to dinner with friends and um, what were we talking about? And he was, oh, there was a group of men there for like a business dinner. And mm-hmm. um, our friend Julie was like, is that how business dinners go? And he was like, yeah, they'll probably talk about some deals at first. And then, and then I said, and then they'll talk about their wives and their kids. And he was like, maybe, but then they'll move on. <laughs> like really because I feel like if it was a group of women there for sure that would be the topic and I think that is part of the problem like going back to like in that case saying that the men had something else to talk about that was not their significant other or their kids and when you get a group of women together the main time what else is there to talk about yeah exactly but we all have other interests we do but are we are we nurturing and grooming them appropriately Probably not, which is why then the one common factor 
in most cases is like relationships and children. Yeah. But that is sad. It it is sad. It's it it is sad, but I mean it's also important. Yeah. Right? Like you know, but I'm I am leaving this stint of teaching in two weeks, right? So that I can I can come home and be with the kids again. Mm -hmm. Um and that's that's my choice. It's a choice that I'm happy about, but I think I think that right, wrong, better, worse, that's that tends to be where women will will focus their attentions, right? Like when you are a mom, it's like you've got your job and you've got your kids. And once you've done those two things, I mean, this is all about friendship, right? Like how much do you really have time left for if you've done your job and you've taken care of your family? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's life. And I guess that evolves too, as your kids require less of you. Mm-hmm. No, but then sometimes I'm like, well, I can tell you about, I feel like I, if it's not about relationship or kids or work, then I'm talking about a documentary I watched <laughs> at like nine o'clock at night or a podcast I listened to while I was in the car driving on the way to one of those three things, you know? So. Hey, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it all, it, it all comes back to that some way, somehow. That's why I feel like for me, if I can get my workout in, it's like, oh yeah, like this was, this was completely mine, completely separate from these people in the basement in the house where all these people are, but like my, my space, my time, my time. And then what, what are, what, uh, what are you going to do? Like, what's your, what's your happy goal for when you've got more time? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I would like my hobby goal to be flying. I yeah. think I would like to invest some time in it would money too, but into taking flight lessons. And then I was reading that, um, I guess I just never thought about like, once you have your private pilot's license, what doors that could open for people. And, yeah. um, I was reading about this, I think it's in Illinois, but anyway, there's a, like a, company or a group of private pilots and they fly rescue dogs around like they take rescues that need to be transferred from like a shelter in Tennessee to a shelter in Chicago and they will fly them what <laughs> oh my god we need to team you up with Salacia that would be her dream <laughs> no so then I thought okay if you can do that like what else can you do if you have a, a private pilot's license and so oh my gosh last night we started watching the old Top Gun in anticipation of the new one coming out it was so fun <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's so fun. But um, did you know t- Tom Cruise actually is a pilot? I believe it because he does all of his own stunts, right? Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. We watched a video about that too. But yes, yeah, so that's what I think. I think I would really, because I feel like working out for me is not so much a hobby as it is just like part of my lifestyle now. Like I brush my teeth. And like maintenance, yeah. It's just personal yeah. maintenance, right? Yeah. And so, um, that's the most immediate one. What about you? Um, I think, I think long, long-term hobby, it would probably be, um, doing some kind of like disability advocacy work. I think that there's going to be a, I think there's going to be an iteration where that's a thing in my chapter. Yeah. A chapter in my book. Yeah. I feel like that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense given yeah. your, your background and then where Reagan is at right now too, you know? Yeah. I think that that'll be a thing. But do you find that that 
I mean, I guess hobbies are fulfilling in all different types of ways, right? So that is not necessarily like a creative outlet, but it is going to be like. But I've never considered myself a particularly creative person. Right. Like it's something it's something that I admire and you are a creator, right? And Marshall is also a creator. Ryan is far more, I would say, creative than I am. I can come up with like a good lesson plan. Yeah. Um, that's like my creativity outlet. But I think that for me, the appeal in like disability advocacy would be that it blends something that's obviously near and dear, right? What do I want Reagan's future to look like with what my education is, right? The, the history, the poli sci background. Um, and I like talking to people. I justice is kind of important to me. So, so, you know, I think that could be a, a fun little pet project. I think so too. And I think because, I mean, whatever it is, you just have to be passionate about it and you have yeah. to, and the thing with hobbies too, is like, there's no real deadline. So like for that type of work, I'm sure you may come across deadlines, but it's just like just putting in the work and moving the needle forward. So then it, I mean, okay. So these are things we're thinking about like in the future when we have the time, but what is, <laughs> this is like our, the Kate and I talk about this probably once every other week, but what is the, the, female equivalent to the males golf like when they go golf, and I know people are like well you can go golf um you know everyone can golf like yeah that's fine but I don't really know that I particularly enjoy golf I have done it if Mm -hmm. I had someone to golf with if I had a friend a golfing friend yeah um yeah so people of the world what is the what's the golf equivalent I don't know I don't know what do people do out there? What gets you? What are the hobbies? Like, what are people doing to hang out? Because here's the thing. I love a lunch and some drinks with friends. Like I do, but I do get kind of burnt out on that, especially yeah. if you're trying not to drink so much during the week or just like eating out all the time. Right. And so if you want something in between like a lunch date and voice notes, <laughs> like Right. So here, here are the boxes that golf checks that I like, but I don't know that I like golf. Right. Right. So this is why we, okay. Things we like about golf. Mm -hmm. Um, it's outside, right? It is something that you can do with other people, right? So it's social. It requires a level of physical activity and you can have a couple of drinks if you want to. Mm -hmm. So what, what also checks those boxes? That's not golf. (sighs) I mean, also what I like about golf and maybe I think that we'll just say we'll classify as amateur golf is like, it's a relatively low impact sport. Oh, it's low impact. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're not talking about Tiger Woods here, but like if I'm going to go out and hit some golf balls, I'm really not going to be exerting myself too much because then the ideas that came to mind, like I used to be on a volleyball league, but that is, I was just thinking like beach volleyball. (laughs) So hard intensity. No, we're out (laughs) serious. That is serious, serious athletics there, but what else? I mean, okay. So there's bowling, but that's inside. Right. And I even like Ryan and I, when, when we both played on the co-ed bone shakers, um, Uh softball team, and like, that was, it was a thing, but it wasn't super fun. Cause I mean, like some of that was hard work and those, those guys sometimes go real hard and well, it's not always fun. No, no, no. That is again, too high intensity. We have been on a bowling league together. We bowling was fun. Bowling was, but fun. it was also indoors and it was late night. 
and it was very boozy and it was on Mondays. So that kind of set us up for, I was, we were also in our, our early twenties and that was, that was different. Hey, my, my parents used to do a bowling league and I know some of my friends' parents used to, maybe we need to bring bowling back. Should we bring bowling back? I maybe, maybe that's it. But then I I don't want to do it. I guess not that I don't want to do it with my significant other. It's just, (laughs) no, but we're, we're supposed to be looking for our thing, right? Like our thing. That's the thing. It'd be like if I'm like, and I'm gonna join a bowling league, and I'll be like, yeah, man, I'm gonna do it. I'd be like, fuck you, or yeah, exactly. Not <laughs> oh, so it's like, what? What is there? I don't know. Okay, so bowling's out. Um, softball. Bowling could be in, but it's not gonna be a solo activity. Okay, that's true. I guess we could create like, um. Okay, here's the other thing I like about golf, though, is that it's very easy to coordinate. It is, there is no, like a league is a commitment, right? Like golfing, they don't commit there. Well, some guys, maybe they join a golf league or some people, I know women golf too. I'm like very aware of that <laughs> in this context. We're not disparaging lady golfers and Miranda, this all pests could still lead back to golf. It could I, happen. That's a, because it's like with golf, you know, it, they can do pickup games. They're like, Hey, was anyone free on Sunday for a round of golf? No, I'll go by myself. You don't have to go with a group of people. You can also go alone. You could. Marshall's done it. I was just thinking like, maybe it's, maybe you need to be in like a runner's club, but that's high impact. Oh, no. And no booze until the very end. <laughs> and again, the commitment, it's like a regular once a week thing. I don't think I have it in me right now for a once a week. No. Mm-mm. outside of my home. And we were in book club for the longest time. And that was really good. Book club was great. Book club was great. That's not physical activity. That's not, but it does check a lot of other boxes. It checks a lot of other boxes. So is that it? Do we, okay. Do we, um, and you know, I know <laughs> this Amber host Bunko. I don't even know what Bunko is, but I know people, it's like a monthly thing. People, it's a game that people play. Yeah. It's I have a neighbor who's trying to like get it going at the clubhouse. <laughs> I do. I do. Bunko could be a thing in my future. It might be. Okay. So that sounds, I think theirs is just ladies Bunko. Yeah. I think that's what it would be. Yeah. But, but again, again, the, the boxes that Bunko and book club don't check are being outside. I mean, I guess you could sit outside for book club, um, but like a level of physical activity. Right. The movement, the movement. So then what, I mean, like, well, I need a yoga brunch. I need a yoga on a, like, yoga brunch. I want to do yoga for an hour, and mm-hmm. then I want to go to brunch for, like, yeah. nine minutes, and yeah. have a mimosa, and then go home. Yes. Where could you do that in your area? Someone needs to, like, start this up. Support us. Yeah. <laughs> Someone help us out. Someone in a room. Make it happen. I actually, I know that the brewery up in Williamsburg, they do occasionally, I don't know that they've done it recently, like with COVID, but I went there a couple of times. They would like do yoga at 10 and they open the brewery at 11. So it was like an hour yoga. And then. Oh, that's perfect. If we could get that like once a week and maybe every other week, I don't know. But I think, I think that that would be perfect. But that would still probably be like a Saturday or Sunday morning commitment and weekends are crazy. They are. So if it, so, so you need something that you could do like kind of anytime when it works for your schedule, which is why again, golf, <sighs> just go back to golf. Damn it, golf. I know 
I know. It's just, I mean, I've taken some lessons. I've, I've tried to get into golf. Um, you know, it's, I also think it's a long time, like 18 holes of golf. Is yeah. You're not good. That's a long day. Yeah, it would be, it'd be a really long day. But I've had some friends who've joined, you know, golf leagues and stuff too, but I don't want to commit to a golf league. I don't, I really, okay. So it's, I, we're back to golf. Here we are. <laughs> all all roads lead back to golf now so oh man um well okay I think we could probably wrap this up now because we've covered so much and I think for people who are listening I know that there are like varying age groups and people that have kids or whose kids are out of the house that have younger kids but I mean what's one thing you would say what would you leave them with about friendship well I can only really I'm sure this would resonate with other people, but I feel like as, as a person with my experience and the age that I'm at, like I would say it's really important to nurture at least one solid lady friendship. And if you aren't regularly prioritizing it, perhaps you're not being your best self for everybody else. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's good. And I think regular doesn't have to be every day or every week. It could be once a month. Yep. Can you find regular regular covers a lot of different bases? Yeah. It's whatever you want it to be. And I would say that if you find you're having a hard time prioritizing your friendships, or maybe just like, maybe it's just connecting with other friends right now that I would examine your relationship to yourself and start there. And making yourself because I really love spending time with myself. Like sometimes it comes down to like, all right, do I really want to go to lunch or do I just want to take this two hours and, you know, hang out at home alone <laughs> or whatever it is. But um, so I would say starting there and just getting honest with yourself and then just letting go of the pressure of friendship and what people tell you it should look like or what you think it's supposed to look like and just being open to all of the possibilities of it and being flexible. No pressure. Be honest. And flexible. And flexible. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being my friend. Hey friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard today, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your community on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at marketing uninhibited so I can share you with my community. And don't forget that you can achieve your big business dreams with small marketing steps. Talk to you next week.